0: Need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor? May be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about? Or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China? Then this is your show, China Business Cast. Thank you so much for listening to the China Business Cast. Another new episode with me, your host, Simon Derat. Super grateful for the fact that every episode is downloaded for over 3000 times, it still blows my mind. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you think we're giving you valuable content and please do share it with others if you think that whether it's valuable for maybe someone that you know. Today's episode is with an e-commerce platform called Boomi, they only sell sustainable products. It's run by Immanuel Dean and his business partner Miguel quite fascinating to hear their stories on how they started, how they vet the brands, each of the brands, to make sure that it is produced in a sustainable way, and how they are have the ambition to become a real player into the in the Chinese market. They're actually at the point of trying to raise funds for around 6 million US dollar. So if you're interested or you know someone, please do <laughs> reach out to Emmanuel. He would be forever grateful, I think, to be able to make his dream go to the next level. Again, awesome to have you on the, on the show. I hope you enjoy this episode at the China Business Cast. A new episode, this one with Emmanuel Dean. We're here in Shanghai, in his office space. This is a place actually I used to live by very very close, about 10 years ago, I think. We're gonna talk about something very dear. We talk about China, e-commerce, and sustainability. All three things that have been heavily booming and have a high interest everywhere globally. But the company we have here with Emmanuel is called Bumi. And he's been running this for two years. Welcome Emmanuel, maybe you can share a little bit more about what Boomi is and what you do here. Yeah, sure, thank you so much
1: Simon for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. Um, so I'm Emmanuel, I am from Indonesia and I am the founder of Bumi. Uh, so Boomy, I started around two years ago. And at that moment, we were actually not an e-commerce platform. We were actually just a brand selling toothbrushes. But when I saw the opportunity to kind of combine all of the small brands together into a place where people can trust and buy sustainable projects, I kind of just jumped and dove into it. So basically what we are right now is we are an e-commerce platform based on WeChat. And we currently have 55 brands with over 1,500 or so SKUs. And people really love using our platform because they really trust Boomi. They trust that we will actually vet every single product one by one. So our vetting process is very extensive. So when brands want to come to our platform, they do take a while to enter. And we do so because we want to check not only what they're selling, but we also want to check where their raw materials are actually sourced from. So we go as deep to the raw materials, where it's manufactured, how it's manufactured, and also how it's distributed. So by doing this, we actually have caught several um, strategies or non-ethical uh, business practices with a couple of brands that were using factories that had child laborers. Oh. So by doing this process, we ensure that everything on our platform is clean, sustainable, and ethical. And that's basically what we do. We support sustainability all in China. So we often have events, doing screenings, documentaries, and things like that. How do you vet them? You actually visit the factories? So we have two things that we do. The first vetting that we do is we have a document with a bunch of questions. And we ask the, the companies to tell us as truthfully as possible because we sign an NDA with all the, all the um, brands. And if we see anything that jumps out, then we would visit the, the, the factories. If nothing really jumps out from the questions, then we won't visit the factories. So that's currently how we do it. But in the future, we do have a vision where we actually have a team that will go to every single factory one by one to uh, meticulously check everything to make sure that everything is clean, sustainable, and ethical.
0: And all these. Suppliers or brands are produced in China.
1: Yes. So that's something that we support very dearly. Uh, We only support locally grown or locally operated businesses here in China. So we had a couple of brands that wanted to join us, for example, from Denmark, from Indonesia. We had a couple from India as well. But we also don't because we prefer to support local because local supporting local is a big part of sustainability.
0: So when it comes to sustainability itself, one of the key things is zero waste, Mm. right? Mm. No plastic or limited packaging or reusable packaging. You just also mentioned the local, uh, being part Mm. of the local community to Mm. promote their products. What else falls under the umbrella of sustainability? Because it's a big buzzword.
1: I think sustainability is not, for us, is not really trying to be zero, zero waste, or let's say trying to be vegan or like being vegetarian or not using plastic at all, for us, it's more of a way of life. It's more of trying to reduce your waste anywhere in in any part of your life. So, for example, if you discover in your office that a lot of your workers are eating, let's say, a bunch of sweets, candies, and cakes that are with a bunch of plastic wrappers, the sustainability or zero-waste mindset would be to maybe try and reduce that. So, it is a huge buzzword, and sustainability can be linked to many, many things, that is why we never take a hard stance on anything. Because when we started the company, I was motivated by a quote by Robert Swan OBE, if I'm not wrong. And the quote was, the greatest threat to our planet was the belief that someone else would save it. Um, so that's kind of like my mentality. If nobody's going to do it, then I'm going to do it myself. doesn't mean that I'm going to do it perfectly, but I'm going to very well Then try to do, do my best and that's what we try to encourage with everyone
0: cool how, how does this start from because you've been in china for longer than two years mm. you've done some other things mm. I'm, I'm curious to understand how that went because you started with your own brand mm. to selling the bamboo yeah. toothbrush and then suddenly other kind of brands approached yeah. you uh, to also start selling or how does this
1: yeah so i actually came to china two and a half years ago so okay. right after i came I actually didn't know what I was doing, so before I came here, actually, I went to visit my sister in Vancouver, and I was just one day brushing my teeth with a plastic toothbrush, and all of a sudden, my sister came up to me and said, why are you still using a plastic toothbrush, and this question kind of sparked inspiration in my brain, I was like, yeah, why am I still using a plastic toothbrush, so when I came to China, I looked for a bamboo toothbrush, and I went on Taobao, there's a bunch of bamboo toothbrushes you can find, so I ordered a couple. But once they arrived to my apartment, I discovered that a lot of these toothbrushes were still packaged in plastic with the bubble wrap, with the box and all the tape around it. So I thought that didn't make any sense. Like I'm trying to reduce plastic, but at the same time, more plastic came into my life. So being the entrepreneurial spirit of myself, I decided I'll just make my own bamboo toothbrush. So that's kind of how the company started. It was from a personal need. And we had a really strong support and response from the community here in Shanghai. And from there, we kind of just started rolling um, the ball. So from vanity brushes, shampoo bars, reusable wipes, and going on, going on, going. But from the very beginning, I've always had the vision to create this platform to unify all the sustainability brands in one location. I was actually planning to start this maybe three or four years down the line because I thought sustainability is still quite early. It's not really a huge, huge topic yet in China, but then COVID hit. So that was kind of my time to decide. Either I go all in or I just go half-half and just wait COVID out. So our platform actually only started around April or May uh, of last year. And at that time... We were already in the industry for I would say like a year, a year and a half, and I love going to networking events. So I had a lot of connections and brands that I know are also struggling. So how I pitched to them was like, "Hey, we're also small, we're struggling. Let's try and band together and try to grow together." So actually, we didn't charge any commission for the first six or seven months for people to be on our platform. I just did it for free. The idea was that I just wanted to be together with the community and grow together with the community. So at the beginning, it was me using my network, just asking people around. And after that, after a couple of months, we started growing, started getting more popular in the community, and people started to realize, hey, we should maybe join Boomi. So now, we don't really go out too much. Usually, the brands try and come to us and ask if you can join. And there are a lot of reasons why they want to join. But the most common one is actually they want to have kind of like an approval stamp on on their products as sustainable, because when you sell on Taobao, you don't really know what is sustainable. There's a lot of lying, a lot of marketing. So, but on Boomi, they know that we actually check, and the customers also know that. So it's kind of like a mini approval stamp for the brands. So if you're on Boomi, that means you've passed the the tests and it's good.
0: Interesting. That can have actually become a thing as well, mm. The boomy we check. Yeah. Uh, because when you mentioned about sustainable in China and also the timing of it in China mm. to start a sustainable business. Mm. what Can you describe a little bit the landscape mm. in China on, on where China is when it comes to that? Sure. So at the moment,
1: the Chinese market, they're not as responsive to sustainability. Really because of, I think, from exposure and I think a lot of sustainability, we believe is a very, I would to say upper class, but like a lot of times when people are struggling, they don't really have time to think about sustainability. It's only when people have time to think, they think about these kind of things. And that was actually also why COVID helped a little bit because people were kind of bored at home and they had time to think, do research, check check things out. So that kind of helped their exposure to sustainability. So in China, I think sustainability is not a huge thing yet because it's just too convenient here. Everything is delivered in 24 hours, you can get food in a couple of in 30 minutes. Um, but I think it's changing a little bit, especially because of the government that they're actually pushing very hard to move towards sustainability. And I think that's an awesome move and that's one of the reasons why I came to China. I knew that they were doing this. I just wanted to be ready in terms of my business when the Chinese market is ready. So I think there needs to still be a couple of things. So maybe three or four years down the line, still need to have more exposure, still need more government support. Uh, We still need more KOLs to be more active about sustainability. I think that in the West or in Europe, for example, there are a lot of KOLs, ambassadors, celebrities that are supporting sustainability, supporting, clim- um, supporting climate change, and supporting the, um, the reduction of climate change. But in China, we discovered that there are actually not a lot of KOLs or KOCs talking about these topics. And I think it's natural because sustainability is more of a developed country kind of topic. While China is still, in a sense, quite a developing country now towards a developed country.
0: Hmm. What, are, what are then the brands that you look at hmm. to, for inspiration? What kind of brands? What, yeah, what are brands or products you look at? So
1: the brand that I looked up look up the most is Zappos and Etsy. So those are not really brands, but I guess platforms that hmm. I look up towards. Mainly because of their values. Uh, especially Zappos, I think their value is to give happiness to their customers. And I'm trying to replicate a similar sense with Booming. So what I've discovered here in China, we did a survey of 200 or so Chinese people here in Shanghai to ask them why they buy sustainability-related products. And 46% responded that they buy these products because of uh, status, status and pride. So. I think that's something that we want to try and tap on because a lot of times when you buy something sustainable, you feel good about yourself, you feel good about the planet and you feel like you made a difference and that's the feeling that we want to empower in people. So when you buy on Boomi, you know you have a great product with great quality that is better or at the same par as the other type of products but at the same time you're saving the planet. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword that you kind of hit two things at once. So that's kind of the the way that we try to um, empower people um, to be proud of sustainability and make changes.
0: Cool. You, if you brush your teeth in the morning and evening, you're reminded yes. that you're saving yeah. the planet. Yeah. What other products are, are available in the platform?
1: So we have a lot of things. Bamboo toothbrushes, shampoo bars, conditioner bars, reusable wipes. We have a bunch of candle companies that are made from soy. We also have soaps. Uh, We have teas, food, clothing. We have a a brand that does clothing with recycled plastics, tooth powder, and many more. I, I cannot remember off the top of my head. But the idea is that if you want to make a sustainable choice, you can come to Boomi, and you will be most likely be able to find all the things you need. Not at the moment, but at the end, we'll have everything that you need.
0: You mentioned you have to make had to make a decision around COVID. You go all in, or you do fifty yeah, yeah. fifty. What what have been the the main drivers behind it, and what are the main hurdles that you had to overcome mm-hmm. to, to, to be able to go all in? Because I guess you're all in, right? Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> so the I would say the inspiration
1: of the driver is poker. I love to watch poker games. Um, I don't know why. And every time when you're down or some, when you're down, there's a strategy where you just keep being, you be aggressive to try to get back um, your stack. So I took kind of like that, that mentality. It's like right now we're down. We just need to be aggressive and just keep pushing. Um, this also goes back, uh, this also joins, complements my philosophy of entrepreneurship. I believe that entrepreneurship is kind of like a maze. There are only two ways that you can fail. The first way is you do not enter the maze. So that means you just didn't start. And then the only way to succeed... uh, The other way to fail is that once you enter the maze, you stop moving. So those are the only two ways you can fail. But once you're in a maze, you don't really know where you're going. You just have to keep moving to make sure you get out. So that was the mentality, like the driving thought that I have that kind of kept me pushing forward. And uh, there were a lot of hurdles. The first one, of, of course, is cash flow. Um, the second one is my co-founder is actually not here. He's still in Peru because he can't come back. So we had communication issues. Uh, the third thing was consumer confidence, brand confidence. It was very hard to convince brands, even with just a 1% commission to join our platform, because data cells were also down and they were also not really motivated to do things. So I think those were the hurdles. And also I think the last, the biggest one I think was actually our customer base, which is majority foreigners at, at that time. I would say half of them were not back in China. Mm-hmm. So we actually saw a huge dip in our uh, monthly active users. We just literally lost nearly 50, 60% of our users just because they couldn't return here in China.
0: Yeah. And talking about foreigners, you, you you and Miguel are both not from China. You're from Indonesia yeah. and Miguel from Peru. Yeah. Why why did, why China? And I, I see that a lot of foreigners are trying to launch the brand and they end up targeting foreigners. Yeah. And that's, the I think, the biggest hurdle. Of the scale is not with foreigners, yeah. obviously. Yeah. How, how do you convert the attention mm. from foreigners mm. to mm. the local community? Oh. So
1: why I came to China was... Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> in, in 2016, I came to China for the first time for a study away program with my college. And that was the first time I came to China in 14, 15 or so years. And I was just shocked at how developed China was. And I don't know what it, what it was. Maybe it's like the, the bun or the city, how fast people were moving. I just decided right after I graduate, I'll come to China. Doesn't matter what, I'm just going to try and be here and do something. So that was my reason of coming to China. But looking back, uh, retrospectively, I actually, I think I made one of the best decisions because I believe that China is the next thing. Um, people don't like to, some people don't like to admit it, but it's going to happen whether, whether we like it or not. And I think it's the best place to be to learn. So that comes to the second part is that. One because I'm a foreigner, and two because I'm still quite young. I love I like to listen to people a lot, and so that's kind of my mentality of trying to enter into the Chinese market. So we are fortunate enough that this industry is still quite early, that we don't really have competition uh, as of now, and a lot of the people in these industries are also foreigners. So it's a great time to build. So right now we're still on our building phase. We're still trying to build the connections, the networks, the logistics and all that kind of things before entering the Chinese market. So my strategy for that is to trust my team. I need to find a great Chinese team that can enter the Chinese market, the ones that believe in our values and the ones that believe in the mission as well. So I still don't know how I will exactly enter the Chinese market, but I do believe that we are very early, and that's an advantage that we need to take advantage of um, uh, right now.
0: And most people buying your products are foreigners now? Yeah. So
1: about a year ago, it was around 90% foreigners, but now we're around 60%, 55% foreigners. Okay. And around like 35, 40% Chinese. Um, mainly because we started hiring Chinese now. So we had the chance to kind of change our mindset, change, change our strategies a little bit. And that was when we found out that sustainability is not about just saving the planet for the Chinese. It's about pride. It's like saying that. I'm educated, I'm supporting good causes, and that's a lot of things that Gen, Gen Z and Gen X the, the new generation, I forgot <laughs> which generation it is. YRZ or ZRZ, that they're really passionate about. Um, so, yeah.
0: yeah, it's a, it definitely you make yourself more unique yeah. and uh, give you your status, because no, not many have it. Mm-hmm. And regarding your team, then your team is also quite international, yeah. uh, how, do, how does that how is it to run such an international team? Um, we run into
1: a lot of problems, of course. Uh, we have 12 people right now, and we have nine to di- like, ten different nationalities. So, yeah, everybody's from all the different countries. So, the thing that always works for me is to have an open communication. So, I try to give this idea that everything is open. So, this office is not 100% ideal because there's like Kind of like walls. I prefer to have an open space where everyone can sit. So try to mitigate that. I actually just leave my, I always leave my door open. Um, no matter what. And even if I have a meeting, like right now, I would go to a different room or I would go to the meeting room. And that's kind of like what our team does. We keep all our doors open. We make sure we communicate. We have regular meetings with one another. Good communications as well as, um, team building, having lunch together. We have a no why my rule in the company. So we either always go to lunch together or everyone brings their own food and we eat together outside or downstairs. So these kind of small things kind of really help. And the other thing that we're trying to do in the future is that every single month we would like to do a team lunch according to each colleague's um, nationality. So for example, I'm Indonesian. For one month, we would go to an Indonesian restaurant together to try Indonesian food. And let's say we have a German on our team, we would go to a German restaurant. We have a Dutch, go to a Dutch restaurant and things like that. So I think having an open mind, open communication, and I guess just respecting one another is very key. And it's not just my role to do that. It's everyone's role to respect each other. And I'm so happy that it, it worked out. Uh, we never had really any cultural problems um, in the office.
0: Mm. What are the roles then that Chinese do within your team and what's more fit for foreigners? So, the
1: Chinese are definitely better at marketing, um, they're more objective, they're very good at results, results based um, marketing. The foreigners are very good with people skills, communications, branding, um, event management, and things like that. But in our team, actually, since we're not a huge, huge team, we actually do everything. And that's actually the beauty of a startup is a lot of us here are still quite young and we can learn from one another on different skills, different strengths. And yeah, at, at the end of the day, we're a whole team and we try to... Help each other out. Hmm.
0: One of the cool things for the, for Boomi is also that you guys are not just selling sustainable products, but you're also actually contributing to a more sustainable world by the, I think it's called the Bloom Boomy Plant Initiative. Yeah, the like Boomi Forest Initiative. Forest Initiative. So, how can you share a little bit more? Yes. Yeah, so,
1: the Blue Forest Initiative we started in September of 2019. It's a collaboration with Shanghai Roots and Shoots, which is an organization that was founded by Jane Goodall. Um, she is most popular for her research with chimpanzees, and the idea is that we wanted to create products, or we wanted to create a place where you can buy the things that you need every single day. But at the same time, have an impact on the planet. So everyone has to brush their teeth every day. Everyone has to wash their hair. Not every day, maybe like, but you still have to wash your hair. So our idea is like, why not have these necessities turn into social impact? So that was why we decided in, in 2019 that we will donate 8.8% of our revenue to planting trees in Inner Mongolia. So actually, it's not us. It's actually the consumers because they support us we were able to plant trees so we've raised enough i think for five thousand eight hundred trees if i'm not wrong right now and they're all planted in inner mongolia and they're growing really well we have a very high survival rate because our trees are quite expensive they cost around 25 kwai for a tree compared to other companies that usually do two quai for a tree or three quai for a tree uh, it's mainly because these this organization they take care of the tree until they're mature, so that they actually survive. Um, so they're all in Inner Mongolia, and there's like a plaque that says "Booming Forest," so I it's mean, it's pretty cool. We haven't had a chance to visit yet, but when we do, we'll definitely share videos, pictures, and things like that. Why Why Inner Mongolia? So Inner Mongolia has problems with desertification, so just it's just a bunch of deserts and. They actually planted trees in in the deserts so i can give you the link uh, you can actually see a six four a 720 view of the of the forest and you can see there's a lot of barren land a lot of deserts but on the other side there's a lot of trees also growing so that's why they would they go to the
0: I think besides you guys, other platforms like Alibaba, they also have this trust yes, yes. uh, tree thing. I think more and more companies in mm. China, especially e-commerce, yeah. u- use this kind of uh, momentum as well to show mm. their sustainability. Yeah. What other kind of initiatives do you see from government side or from mm. companies in the market regarding sustainability? So from the government,
1: it's more of the big things, For like the lei which is the trash separation here in Shanghai, that we have to separate the wet trash with the dry trash I think that's super great because it pushes people to learn like why do we have to separate um, the other thing is the plastic bans that we have in, in Shanghai as well uh, we also had the ban on amenities in hotels so hotels are not not allowed to give amenities in their rooms unless the customer reco- uh, requests for it um, China is also committed to be carbon neutral. I think by 2030, if I'm not wrong, and also their commitment to electric cars, electric vehicles as well. So all of these things are very industry level kind of things, which is great because it gives kind of publicity. But in China, there still lacks the the personal level. So kind of that's kind of like where we operate, and the other level that we try to help is in corporates. So big corporations, they do come to us especially for gifting. So that's the thing that we like to do. We like to work with them to help them find gifts for their clients, for their employees that are sustainable, local, and it supports the local economy. So we help them do that, but at the same time, we offer them with free of charge, either me or another one of our colleagues would go to the office and talk about sustainability and how the employees can build business culture around zero-waste principles or um, sustainability.
0: Mm. That's really, really cool. So there is actually much more happening in this space. Because mm-hmm. when I, whenever I go to the supermarket in China, I buy a product, I feel like I'm unwrapping five layers yeah. <laughs> before I actually get to the product and then the packaging is so much bigger than yeah. like, so actual. Well, how do you think that's, that's gonna change in, uh, in China? I think it
1: needs to be changed from the top-down approach. I think we can't really be mad at the workers that are wrapping the bananas or the apples, I mainly because it's a part of their SOP. They, they were just told to to do that and they didn't really question it. I think the problem is more on the higher level and I think there needs to be a time where sustainability also equals to profit because right now there's this this kind of idea that sustainability does not equal to profit. Whereas sustainability is kind of just like a hippie-hippie, non-profit kind of business. Uh, but that's kind of like how we kind of flipped it on, on 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 its edge, where when we came in, we had the mentality to do business. We didn't have the mentality of saving the planet. Um, and that's why we're not extremes to both sides. We're, we find like a balance in the middle. And I think that balance comes from myself and my co-founder, So my co-founder, Miguel, he's very sustainable, Like He's the one that's always pushing for sustainability. Numbers doesn't matter, just sustainability. I'm more on the numbers side where I think of the numbers first and then the sustainability second. So having us two together, we kind of found a common ground in the middle where, yes, we focus on sustainability. We never harm the planet. But, yes, we are also making money, and we will be profitable in a couple of years. So... Having that balance is super important and I think a lot of businesses, they focus too much on profit or for example in the sustainability industry, they focus too much on sustainability and focusing too much on one side just won't help for, for the entire industry as a whole.
0: Yeah. So your company is based in Shanghai, I think most of the brands on the platform are also from Shanghai, I guess? So yeah, I would say 70%,
1: but we do have some from Chengdu, Beijing, Shenzhen. Guangzhou, a couple from Suzhou, um, but yeah, um, it's all all around China. And the plan is to have from the entire mainland China, if possible. You can deliver anywhere in China. Yes, we can deliver anywhere in China. Um, no problems at all. Right now, we're trying to consolidate our warehouse, so the brands can actually put their products in our own warehouse, and we can deliver anywhere in less than forty eight hours. Uh, plastic, one mm-hmm. hundred percent plastic free.
0: Cool. and what about your ambition maybe you yeah. have is your, global ambitions like Asia or, or glo- yeah, so
1: my ambition is so I, I started this also because of a personal guilt I would say um, when I was doing research I found out that 86% of the plastic going to the ocean hmm. only originated from 5 countries and I don't remember exactly the 5 but I do remember the top 2 the top 2 is China and Indonesia So I kind of felt bad that Indonesia is in the top top five of most polluting Mm. most polluting countries. So I do have an ambition one day I will bring the Bumi concept to Indonesia. I think they really need to step up their sustainability game down there. And yeah, that's my ambition to one day move to Indonesia and replicate the same business model.
0: Mm. One thing I forgot to ask which I'm very curious about is the what is the, the best selling product? In so
1: the best selling product right now is shampoo bars. Mm. So our shampoo bars are very popular. Um, our platform also is also very heavy on women. So we have 80% women clients. So we had a, co- we have a company that also sell, sells sustainable period care, um, products. So that's also very popular. So it's mostly like the personal care, the beauty products are quite popular. The brushes, um, as well as, um, Tooth powder, uh, toothpaste that's powder form. Right. Yeah. So the things that you use every day, uh, mostly.
0: Mm. All right. And I saw this article from I think it was you or Miguel mm. that there are going to be ten billion people in mm. 2015. Mm. Then the question is, well, what will that world look like?
1: Yeah. So that was that's actually what also one of the driving forces why I wanted to do this is because. People are always saying that, oh, we're going to run out of resources or, oh, we won't have any oil or any wood. I think before we even reach there, there will be a time where there's a period where resources are going to be limited. And that will lead to political instability, maybe war. People are going to fight for resources. So I think there will come a point where when we have so many people in this world, That sustainability is not really a luxury, it's a necessity. We have to reduce our waste or we have to reduce our consumption. Or else we'll just all be dead or fighting one another. So 10 billion, I don't know if that scenario will come, but I know it will come if we don't do something about it. I don't know how long, how far away it is, um, but it is a scenario that's quite scary. and I think it's a scenario that can happen in our generation or at least our lifetime. Do you think
0: China will be will be leading this?
1: I believe so. I believe that they have this mentality too. They know that resources are finite and they know it will become a necessity in the future. So I think that's why they're starting to have these implement implement these rules, these regulations. They're not super hardcore. They're not saying no exactly like no plastic or whatever. So I think they're trying to train the 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 society to be more aware of sustainability um, but we'll see um, at the current pace i think they would be leading the uh, the world on sustainability
0: cool i'm happy to see that that's gonna, <laughs> gonna happen you guys have a very inspiring story and also an inspiring dream and um, because that's in the end also your driver. <laughs> it's the passion yeah. that you have for yourself is there anything you would like to share that i maybe missed
1: I don't think so. I think, I actually one thing, the last thing is that um, yes, the government, yes, companies are doing things for sustainability, but at the end of the day, I really love empowering the consumer uh, because we actually have the best bargaining chip in the world, which is money. We are the ones that are giving money to these corporations. So, a consumer's decision to let's say support a small local brand versus a consumer's decision to support a big corporation that is polluting the entire world it makes a difference um, I know people think oh I'm just one person but if you don't do it then who else would do it you know um, so I think that's the last thing I would say it's just your decisions matter and really be smart about how you use your money and where you put it because that's kind of like a voting you kind of vote to say, hey, company, corporate, corporate aid that's very wasteful. If you're doing a good job here. Take my money. Um, so I think it's very important as consumers as well. Um, it's our duty to make sure that we decide and consume consciously.
0: Is that something that changed in 2020? You think that that mindset globally? Yeah. I, I I think so. I think
1: especially for health. I think that's where it changed the most. Most people were more cautious with the health. Um, there's a theory saying that. Um, COVID was actually related to deforestation um, because the more we cut trees, the closer s- civilization is to forests. So that increases the chance of zoonotic diseases. So COVID was a zoonotic disease, a disease that comes from animals. And there's a theory that suggests that the more we deforestate, and the bigger cities are, the more chances there are, the more likely it is for these kinds of diseases to cross into uh, humans. Um, I don't know if everybody knows that, but I think people are more cautious now, especially about health and mm-hmm. wellness, uh, maybe not sustainability, but it's somehow related a little bit, I guess.
0: Well, I'm happy that uh, Laureen, uh, part of our team, our podcast team introduced me to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's really cool to hear what you guys are doing and going to do. I hope you're going to have a huge impact in China and hopefully outside China. <laughs> if someone wants to follow you, where would you have uh, to, to send them?
1: Yeah. So you can follow us on our WeChat account. So you can just search Boomi official. Or if you're not in China, you can also follow us on Instagram, which our Instagram handle is my Boomi official. So. I guess just the last thing, why Bumi, the name Bumi, uh, people always ask me, um, it's because in the Indonesian language, Bumi actually means Earth, so planet Earth. So that's why our Instagram is my Bumi, So like my Earth.
0: Cool. Cool. All right, I will will share also your contact details, if it's okay, your LinkedIn, sure. If people want to reach out to you. If you are a brand owner yourself and you're struggling to scale in China and you're trying to promote a sustainable Mm -hmm. brand or product, do reach out to Emmanuel or his team and they will be happy to see if you, they can create more exposure for you and you, they can leverage their existing offline and online activities and give you hopefully a better opportunity to scale. Thanks again, Emmanuel, and uh, we'll keep in touch. No worries. Thank you so much. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.